Psalm 119.24 says, Your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. Isn't that true? God's Word opens up our hearts to what His Spirit would like to say to us. Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz. And today, as we travel through the first chapter of the Song of Solomon, let's open our hearts and our ears to what we're going to hear. To help us, here are a few opening words from our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, on how we can get the most from our study. There are four things that we have asked new listeners that would like to have the exciting experience of going through the Bible in five years. We ask them to do four things, and I know this gets back to that old rule regulation, but these are four things that will make you, I think, a much better Christian. It will draw you closer to Christ, I'm sure. Let me give them to you. Read repeatedly the portion of Scripture which is being taught on the radio. This is probably the most important request of all. Listen regularly to the Through the Bible program on your station. Then write for the notes and outlines which are furnished free of charge. Use them as a study guide. One request will place you on our mailing list to receive current notes as they are mailed out before each book begins. And then fourth, tell others about the program and get them interested in studying the Word of God with us. Those are four, I think, rather helpful suggestions that we make to you. The notes and outlines that Dr. McGee just mentioned are available in a few different ways. First, if you listen by the app, the notes and outlines are already easily accessible in the menu on that app. Or you can visit ttb.org and download our entire five-year study in one free volume called Briefing the Bible. Now, if you prefer to have each individual set separately... They're available that way as well. And again, both these options are available to you at ttb.org. Or if you want to get a free abridged paperback copy that sits nicely on your bookshelf, you can do that as well by simply calling 1-800-65-BIBLE. Now, for those of you who'd like to take Dr. McGee's advice and repeatedly read the section of Scripture that we're studying, we also offer a bookmark that outlines the schedule. You can download yours at ttb.org. And while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter mailing list so that you'll get the monthly bookmark automatically along with our newsletter. Now, before we dive into God's Word today, I want to share a good word from Latin America that I think illustrates well how God's changing lives through the preaching of His Word. Magdalena writes, I have been blessed by the teaching of your studies. From the day that I made the decision not to settle with just Sundays, but to seek God every day, I have learned many things that I did not understand. Through your teaching, I understand that the most important thing is to know my Lord more and every day to try to obey and love Him. Thank you to all who make this program possible in Spanish. And then here's something to think about. As you pray and support through the Bible yourself, you're one of the people that this sister wants to thank. So as you know, our mission is to take the whole word to the whole world, right? Well, when you partner with us in this mission, that touches almost every country on the planet. Isn't that amazing? I know I certainly feel privileged to play a part in this incredible ministry. Now, let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for how your word penetrates our own lives 
and it really is alive and active. And we ask that you would stir in our hearts again today and that you would fill us with all spiritual wisdom and knowledge as we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study of Song of Solomon, Chapter 1 on Through the Bible. Now, last time we got down to verse 5 of chapter 1 of the Song of Solomon, that intimate relationship that we should have with Christ, where there is the excitement and the ecstasy of being brought into his presence by the Spirit of God, and that he be made real to us how wonderful he is today. And we ought to know him better. And be representatives. Now, this had been expressed in such a wonderful way that actually we find that we just can't attain unto it. It's too high for us. And then you read here in verse 4, draw me after thee. Draw me and we'll run after thee. How wonderful it is because immediately the bride recognized she could not attain unto this high level. The whole thought here is that the Spirit of God alone can lift us out of our helplessness. Let him come to me, if he will, and when he willeth, he can come. But since he cometh not, I cannot go to him except the Father which hath sent him draw me, or he draw me himself, for he's one with the Father. Therefore, we have to cry out to him. And you remember, he said to his own, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I went after you. And he's after you today. He says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. We can only rouse ourselves and say, oh Lord, draw me. And we need today the Spirit of God, that water of life, if we're going to drink it is the Spirit of God that will gush up in us. Now, the very interesting thing is, he says, we'll run after thee. Now, this is not just a desire to be drawn because the party is lazy or indolent or indifferent, but the whole thought is the individual is helpless. You and I are helpless. There is the desire. The Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. We want to run after him. We'll run after him, but he'll have to give us legs. He'll have to draw us. He'll have to give us that enablement, that divine enablement that only he alone can do for us. And it is, as the scripture says, lift up then thy hands that hang down and strengthen thy feeble knees. Fainting soul and lame, arise and run the race set before thee, looking unto Jesus, and thou shalt mount up with wings as eagles. Thou shalt run and not be weary, and shalt walk and not faint. The king today hath brought me, we're told here. Draw me, we'll run after thee. And he has to respond to that, because we can't attain to that level but the king hath brought me into his chambers. And the chambers here, the secret of his presence, his pavilion, and the secret of his tabernacle. It's the sanctuary, that sanctuary, the holy place, the secret place. 
where there is no noise of the crowd or the mob, the place that he's made by him in the cleft of the rock where he can cover us with his hand and commune with us. It's the one that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open, I'll come in to you. I'll sup with you and you with me. Oh, what wonderful, glorious privilege this is that he talks about. And yet we withdraw and have to cry with Isaiah, Woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. But the King now hath brought me into his chamber. He's the one that provided a redemption. He's the one that took the coals from off the altar and touched our lips. He's the one that made the supreme sacrifice. And we'll be glad and rejoice in thee. And today we need a little bit more joy, I think, in the church. We need a little bit more joy in our lives. John says these things We've written unto you that your joy might be full. The Lord Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that you might really live it up. You might have a good time. And let me just ask you the question, how's it going, Christian friend? Are you living it up as a child of God? Are you rejoicing in him? Is he close to you today? Are you close to him? Oh, let's cut out the gimmickry today. Let's quit playing church. Let's quit this business of saying I belong to a little select group and I have had this experience and I've had that. Oh, does he mean something to you today? Is he close to you? The king hath brought me into his chambers. We'll be glad and rejoice in thee. We'll remember thy love more than wine. May I say to you, I have an ocean, wherever you are. There'll probably be literally millions of people across this country crawl up on a bar stool. And why? Well, if I was in their shape, I'd crawl up there too. They need something to face life. Many a man feels like he has to have that to face business. And many a person needs that to face a lonely evening Life's too much for them. It's too complicated today. But may I say to you, if you're a child of God, you can remember that he loves you. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that's been given unto us. And he wants to make his love real to you. He wants to manifest his love to you. And it's better than crawling upon a bar stool. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately after that, do you remember what Paul said in Ephesians? This is a nice little review for Ephesians that we had. The thing that he said there was just simply this. He said, be not drunk with wine when there's excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I'm glad he didn't say singing to yourself, because I can't sing. But you can speak it. You can say it. My friend, would it hurt your church membership right now to just say, praise the Lord? (laughs) Be wonderful if you said it. And if you said it where your family could hear you, they probably would want you to see a psychiatrist. 
And if you said it in the church today, I know they would lead you out because they'd think something had happened to you. Oh, we need to praise the Lord today. Why? Because of the fact we'll remember thy love more than wine. The upright, they love thee. (laughs) Who are the upright? Well, they're his. They are the ones that said, draw me. He stood them up now, and they're going to run the race. They're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what it means, friends. The Christian life is a love affair. We love him because he first loved us. And there's no use going on. I mean, just chuck the whole thing today. It's meaningless if you don't love him. He loves you, and he gave himself for you. Now he says, I want your love. That is the important thing. That's the thing that seals it. And you want to find a response? We've had this before in different language. Let me go back to a wonderful song. I've had so many letters from people said, Oh, you went too fast through the songs. Friends, several wrote like this. It was rather clever. They said, You're driving the Bible bus too fast. Well, may I say to you, I'm staying in the speed limit. We have to... In a five-year program, we got to finish. And I'm thinking of the schedule I'm running on, and I'm sorry that I do have to go over so much wonderful ground, but the important thing is that we do have to follow. Now, back to Psalm 63. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. You thirsty for it? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You can get a lot of beer, you can get a lot of liquor, but you can't get the water alive unless you come to him. He's the only one that handles it. And if you're thirsty, he says, come. Now, verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Now we've entered the chamber, you see, that he's talking about. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Oh, friends, let's get these lips busy today. Many folk feel like if they're busy doing something. Well, let's be busy doing something, but busy saying something, too, in the way of praise to him. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. You see, we're covering the same ground. We're covering in the Song of Solomon with different language. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shed of thy wings will I rejoice." And the wings were those overspreading wings in the tabernacle. I heard of a man that got a lot of laughs, and I'm afraid a great many people become irreverent. We need to be careful about that. I think I need to be. He spoke of the fact that in the psalm, he said, I'll hide thee under my feathers. And he says, now God is a chicken. Oh, my friend, he is. But it's a figure of speech. And that's what he said. The Lord Jesus said, he'd like for you to come and rest underneath that. I don't see anything to ridicule myself at all, especially if a man believes the word of God as this man proposes to do. 
Now will you notice, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shed of thy wings will I rejoice. Those wings of the cherubim that covered the mercy seat. You see, you're getting very close to the mercy of God here. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. And we just can't long after him unless he gives us the desire. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sower. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Oh, what a picture. What a glorious picture. That is the 63rd Psalm. Now, let me come back to this very wonderful passage that we have here. Now, we have in verse 5, I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. I'm told that the tents of Kedar were made of the skin of the black sheep or the black goats. Now, in that land today, you see many of these nomads that have black tents. Now, what he's speaking of here is we're not talking about a racial characteristic here at all. And I think we need to recognize that. The thought here is in verse 6, Look not upon me, because I'm black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me, They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. Now, I looked at that verse the other day in a little different way, and we're going to look at it now. What we have here is this matter of being sunburned. And the interesting thing is we're told that the skin can take all of the rays of the sun with the exception of these ultraviolet rays, and they are the ones that burn our skin today. And sometimes those rays come through the clouds and we are sunburned when we do not know it. I have a cancer condition, as many of you know, and my doctor, he warns me about this above everything else. Don't get in the sun. And even on a cloudy day, be very careful. Keep your head covered. Why? Because the skin can't take that kind of a ray. It will burn and it will cause cancer. Now, a great many people think they can come into the holy presence of God. Well, you and I can't come in the holy presence of God unless we've got a covering. And that covering is the righteousness of Christ. And again and again, you hear of that covering that's mentioned in the Word of God. He's covered me with his wings. That's for protection. And even it's a protection from himself. You and I need to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Now, this girl, a Shulamite, servant girl, her family were tenant farmers on one of the vineyards of Solomon, and we find that she's sunburned. And that is the picture that's given to us of her here. And it's not a question of a race here at all. And I know that there's some that make a great deal of that, but that is not it at all. Though she's sunburned, she speaks of the fact that though the sun has looked upon her, that she is black but beautiful. And black is beautiful, we've heard today, and it certainly can be. But the important thing is not the pigment of the skin. The thing is the condition of the heart. 
And I know a great many. I was telling a group of people up in the Northwest the other day about what a wonderful group of Christians we have down in the school here at the Bible training school. And I said, there's not a Christian group anywhere that I like to be with any more than that group. Wonderful Christians. And you know why? Their hearts are white. And I know a lot of folk that have got a white skin and the blackest heart that you've ever seen. And I don't care about being a them. I guess I am a little segregated. I want to be with God's children. And the picture here is the fact that she's sunburned. She's been outside, and her mother's children were angry with her, and they made her the keeper of the vineyards. But she says, mine own vineyard have I not kept. And this is a picture now of the bride's portrait of herself. Although she has a natural beauty, she has nothing that would commend her because she says that she hasn't been able to take care of her own beauty, which actually means her own self. She hasn't been able to go to the beauty parlor and get a, you know, her hair done up, however they do it. And she hasn't been able to get a facial. And she hasn't been able to get whatever it would take to make a woman beautiful. And that part has been left off because she's been made to work so hard. Now, man, in the presence of God, is not beautiful. If you think that sometimes that The reason God is interested in us is because we are such nice, sweet little children. You're wrong. (laughs) We are ugly. Oh, are we ugly. And I want to tell you, we are sunburned. We are not attractive to him at all. And yet he sees us and he says that he's going to make his bride beautiful. That is the very wonderful picture. You remember that he gives. He says, husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself for the church. Why? Well, in order that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, he's going to take us to the beauty parlor. And some of us need it. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, that's the reason that we hear this statement. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? Now, this is this Shulamite speaking to the shepherd that she's just met. And he says, now, if thou know not, O thou fairest among women. She says, I'm sunburned, and I haven't been able to go to the beauty parlor. But he says, you're beautiful. Why? Because he's redeemed us. He's paid a price for us. Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. And he tells her now that she's to be busy. She's not just to be like those women at court that do nothing, that stay out of the sun. The bride today, the church, should be busy, ouch, under, giving out the word of God. Oh, what a picture we have here in these lovely verses that can be misconstrued by some, you see. Well, now we have bogged down purposely here. I wanted to lift this out. Actually, you could go through this entire song 
And again, people say, well, why didn't you take time? Well, we can only spend so much time, but I will hit high points from here on during the rest of this very lovely song, the Song of Solomon. Until then, may God richly bless you, my beloved. The Song of Solomon paints a wonderful picture of the love that God has for His beloved. That word beloved means more, doesn't it, when you know how rich it is in God's affection and commitment to you. Think of that love every time you hear Dr. McGee close our study, as he often does, by calling you beloved. He wanted to tell you as much as possible that you are beloved by God. To help you continue your understanding of God's deep and affectionate love for you, we offer a bunch of different Bible study resources over at ttb.org. Ranging from sermons to study guides, booklets, and more, I'd encourage you to visit and check them out yourself. Again, you'll find them at ttb.org or by calling 1-800-65-BIBLE if we can help you find something in particular. Now, be sure to join us next time for another rich study in God's Word. Until then, as Dr. McGee says, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Our story on the Bible bus today is just one step in a five-year journey through the entire Word of God. Come along for the ride, and you'll study both the Old Testament and New Testament, discovering God's great redemption story. Is this your story, too?